Hey everybody, welcome to the EquipCast. My name is Jim Jansen and I'm your host. And I sat down and had a great conversation with Becky Deaver today. Uh, Becky is a wife and a mother of eight children in Holdridge, Nebraska. And Becky tells her story of, well, her personal journey of faith and how she's labored to teach her children how to pray. Not just the rote prayers, but to really know and connect with Jesus. She talks about how, you know, as a mom, you can't choose Jesus for your children, but you can model for them what it looks like to have a real personal relationship with Jesus. We talk about all of the the fun and sometimes challenging reality of family life and trying to develop routines of prayer as a family. She has this great line. She's like, hey, you just got to know, Jesus is not stressed about your stress. He's not bothered by your mess. He cares, but he's already there and he's already present. Uh, great nuggets of gold. If you care about family, about introducing people to Jesus, especially little people, you're going to love today's conversation. Take a listen. Hey everybody, welcome to the EquipCast, a weekly podcast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Jim Jansen. Now let's dive into some encouragement and inspiration to equip you to live your faith and to be fruitful in your mission. Let's go. Becky Deaver, welcome to the EquipCast. How are you doing today? Jim Jansen, thank you. I'm so so fun to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm I'm excited about this. I you know, we were talking before we turned the microphones on. I didn't realize how old of an email I had for you and that our connecting was almost an act of God. So I'm very grateful for that, uh, that that worked. Yeah, not, I, I don't think not almost an act of God. Okay, act of God. <laughs> yes, definitely an act of God. Because I told you it was like a needle in a haystack that I found your email. So I, I do think Jesus wants this episode to happen. I'm so excited about it. Okay, so Becky, you are a wife and a mother. Uh, we are connecting here. You are in Holdridge, Nebraska, and you've had some very cool kind of apostolates and personal mission of evangelization. We love to start the show, get people started. Just if you would tell people a little bit about like what's your what's your story, what's your faith journey. So I was raised in a, an amazing Catholic family, and just was immersed in Catholic culture my entire life. Really, I just. I love the Catholic faith. I've always loved the Catholic faith. And as I got older, you know, I've always had a relationship, somewhat of a relationship with Jesus for sure. But I think the thing that kept me coming back to church every weekend was like loyalty to the church, mm. right? Like kind of like a political party or a club. Like you've talked about this before, I know on your podcast, yeah. like almost like a sorority. Like this is where all my <laughs> friends were and I believed all the rules, you know. So about a decade ago, though, that really changed. It, I kind of had a paradigm shift. Two things happened. That kind of changed my life. And one of them was I was talking to a friend here in Holdridge, and we were kind of talking about how can we reach people in our community who aren't Catholic because there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. We are in the minority here. And, and I said, how can we help people know that the church is the one true church? And he said, and this, the Holy Spirit just spoke right to my heart. It's not about the one true church. It's about the Eucharist. Wow. And I probably had heard that, but for some reason in that moment, it was like, oh, this is about a relationship with a person and that person is Jesus. 
and Jesus is in the Eucharist. So like, where else would you want to be than the Catholic church? Wow. It was super powerful. It really changed my heart. Um, it was kind of like a metanoia for me, really just a different way to think of my life. Yeah. And then the second thing was Father Mark Toops's Aramus prayer study guide. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's an eight-week prayer study. So he teaches you how to pray once a week in these videos. And then during the week, you practice praying. And it just gave me a love for prayer and the new, a renewed vigor for prayer life. So yeah, that's kind of the main things that have kind of gotten me to where I am right now, where I just, I just really love Jesus a lot. <laughs> Becky, I wasn't planning on going here, but what's different, like kind of pre and post, you know, the these epiphanies and then that prayer study? What's different? Oh, God. Because it's not like you were like, I was like, oh, I was a faithful Catholic and, you know, card carrying member. Actually, I had two cards or whatever. I mean, you were, it's not like there's a difference between faithful and unfaithful. So what was the difference? Right. It's a difference in depth, mm. I think. A difference in richness. Like, it's one thing to belong to a club, but to like have an intimate relationship with like the founder of the club, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm not trying to make it out like my whole days are sunshine and rainbows because <laughs> me and Jesus are best friends, you know, like, <laughs> but there is such a richness to my spiritual life that just wasn't there 15 years ago, which also comes with maturity, I think too. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't really know it was possible. I don't think yeah. until those two things. Happened. Well, and I think that's the, that is the thing for me. I mean, I was blessed, you know, part of my formation as a missionary is that I was introduced to some of the classic spiritualities of contemplative prayer and the conversational, relational aspect of what it meant to be Catholic. And gosh, if I hadn't found that there, I don't know where I would. I mean, there are places, God bless Father Mark Toops and other, but if I hadn't discovered it in that kind of formal formation process, I don't know how long I would have gone and missed what is such a, such a treasure because it's not common. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Becky, tell us a little bit about your, your day job here. And then maybe you had a cool little apostle on, on the side. And I think that could be helpful context for our conversation. Yep. So I have eight children. My oldest is 16 and then down to an eight, 18 month old. So my day job is staying home with these kiddos and making sure the laundry and the food gets cooked and the house stays moderately cleaned. Oh, this is hilarious. And there's no room for like, yeah, but what do you do when they're at school or whatever? I just remember we've had people, yeah. you know, ask my wife, it's like, so you're a stay-at-home mom. What do you do all day? <laughs> like nobody asks oh, that when you, yeah, when you have eight kiddos. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, that is true. Yes. And then I also, I, I'm super passionate about music and the liturgy. And so I'm the music director at our parish and that's just a part-time gig, but I love doing that. You referenced it, but about five years ago, I did a friend of mine here in Holdridge and I did a podcast also mm -hmm. called Go Forth with Heather and Becky. It cannot really be found anymore. I think there's like three episodes floating around on the internet still, but it can't really be found anymore. But that was amazing. We It was similar to yours in some ways. We interviewed people mm -hmm. um, just kind of about how they were living the gospel in their day-to-day -day life. And that was really a huge gift. Like we were invited down to be on At Home with Jim and Joy at EWTN. Mm -hmm. And so they blew us down there. It just opened so many doors to us. We talked to amazing people all over the country. Yeah, it went big. Yeah, some big names. Yeah, and it was before podcasting had really taken off. Yep. I loved it, yeah. 
Yeah, it was really fun. And then, yeah, just providentially, both Heather and I at the same time, after about two years, just kind of felt like this isn't for us anymore. This is not where we're being called. And I really felt like what I was supposed to do was just pour more and more and more into my family. And we've had two more children since then. So for sure, that that was my calling. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful while we did it. And such a gift and a joy. I hope maybe someday God will call me back to something like that. Yeah. Was that hard? Because I mean, this was, you were like becoming kind of a quasi-Catholic celebrity. I mean, you're, you know... I know it's EWTN, but like you're, you were like flown down and you're like on, on TV and talking all these amazing people. You make it sound like it was a very easy, clear discernment. Uh, first of all, that's hilarious. I'm glad that you call me a quasi-Catholic celebrity. That is like all I've ever wanted in my life, probably, <laughs> but I don't think that was quite true. But um, <laughs> honestly, Jim, it wasn't. It wasn't mm. because it was really beautiful the way mm-hmm. that God worked in both of our lives. Because Heather was worried that she was going to come to me and say, you know what? You can keep doing it by yourself if you want. I'm feeling called away to it. And I'm saying, feeling the same way. It wasn't, it wasn't hard, really. Yeah. And I think that's just because I felt so confident that this is exactly where God wants us since he made it so clear to us. Yeah. Yeah. So it just wasn't, I feel like I should be more encouraging to people who have to like step away from stuff. But Well, that's helpful though. I mean, I feel like there's a lesson in like when you are talking to the Lord in a personal, relational way in prayer, and when you are very comfortable letting him lead and direct your life, when he even takes something that is beautiful and enjoyable and wonderful and says, okay, that's done now. We're going to go over here. You're like, okay. Maybe for those of us who who are like, gosh, that would be hard. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, maybe. But when you're in regular communication with him, I know it's maybe a little easier to follow him when he takes a a sharp left turn. Well, and it was such a gift. The podcast was such a gift. It's such an unexpected gift, you know, like and a fulfillment of a desire from when I was a little girl. Like I loved to like pretend like my shampoo bottle was a microphone and talk (laughs) into it when I was five years old. Like this was a fulfillment of a desire that I had my whole life, but I never saw it coming. And so I think being able to recognize like, look how beautiful Jesus fulfilled this desire in my heart. You know what? If it's if if it's time to be done with this, I bet he's got something awesome again. Wow. Cuz like this was so awesome. There's got to be more good things ahead. Yeah. Well, in your ability to receive it as a gift made it easier to let it go. I think maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you're a wife, you're a mother, very intentional, I mean, intentional disciple of Jesus, very missionary heart. You love sharing your faith. How do you bring those things together within your family? Yeah, I feel super passionately about this because of all the things that we've already talked about, right. kind of, right? Because like this is exactly where Jesus wants me to be. And I spent a lot of time like looking at Instagram, scrolling through and saying, oh my gosh, I want to be these women. Look at these women there. And I know this isn't, most people right. are not feeling like they want to do the things that I want to do, but I'm scrolling through Instagram. Like I want to be a Catholic speaker. I want to, you know, jet set all over the country talking about Jesus. I want to write books. Like I want to be an Instagram influencer telling people about Jesus. So it's just been over time though, that I've realized like, oh, there's nothing more important than I could possibly do than bring these eight people to Jesus yeah. so that they can meet. And to be clear, these little eight people, these little eight people. Right. So my brother, Lucas, is a focus missionary now. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. Yes. 
Yep. So he just finished up his first year at K-State and he is headed to Missouri next year. And we were discussing kind of like all the amazing things that he's doing and how he's discipling people. And I said, oh my gosh, Lucas, you should disciple my 16-year-old Dominic. And he goes, without missing a beat, he goes, you should disciple your son, Dominic. And I was like, wow, that's, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're so right. That's you're right. And that has stuck with me. Like, yep, this is, this is my whole, this is my everything right now. I really feel like, you know, who has more of an impact in your life than your mother? Yeah. Like maybe your dad, hopefully your dad also, but like probably no one for better or for worse. So I can squander that or I can just like dig deep and really give everything I can give to my little people. And then if they are disciples, they can go out and change the world. No, I mean, nerd alert here, like uh, all the data actually confirms what you're saying. So, you know, within kind of nerdy church world, when the church talks about religious education, it says things like the parents are the first educators. Yeah, that they are the primary, they're the first, chronologically the first, but they're also the first in importance. All the sociological data backs that up. Sometimes very quickly. I mean, when your kids are young, they're like, oh, I'm clearly the most important person in their life. I know I'm their their hero. But that phase goes very quickly. (laughs) And then when they're in junior high and high school, you don't think you have an influence anymore. And I'm telling everybody listening, all the data shows parents are still, even in junior high and high school, the most important influence on their kids' faith. And I would add, for better or for worse, yep, you can't not be it. So let's do it well. Absolutely. Yep. So, and that's one thing. I mean, I don't actually know if this really is going to speak to that many of your listeners based on who your demographics are, but like we only have a Catholic school that goes through fourth grade. Mm. And so our older kids all go to the public school and we've discern that that's where they're supposed to be there. Yeah. You know, they could drive a ways away to a Catholic school. We could homeschool them, but this is where Jesus wants them is in this public school. So of course we have church nights on Wednesday nights where we have CCD and we have amazing CCD teachers, but Luke and I just both really feel like that's not your job. Like for me to just go drop you off mm-hmm. and be like, good luck, learn all the things. And there's benefits to that. This is a personal calling. I'm not saying that everybody's called to that, but like Luke and I do our catechism class with our middle schoolers at home with them, because we just feel like it's not anybody else's job to make sure that they know these things Mm -hmm. or that they meet Jesus. It's just our job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they can help. There's a place for catechists and school teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. In a Catholic school context, but the temptation to abdicate and try and have someone else do it, even when it looks like it happens, it's actually an illusion. Yep. They learn good things, um, but they can't not learn from mom and dad. Okay, so I know you are personally passionate about prayer. You know, we've already referenced it a couple of times. You're like, I want to teach my children the faith. And among those, you know, my own personal experiences is like this deep, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. How does that look? I mean, just really practically in the Deaver household, how does it look for you to pray with your kids? Yeah, well, let's just start with this. The ideal way that it would look, I think, would be all my children angelically sitting in our little sunken room with their rosaries <laughs> and the little ones sitting on people's laps and you know, the four-year-old just like kneeling with his hands folded. Okay, it doesn't look like that. Right. Perfectly attentive. Right. Okay. 
Right. It doesn't look like that. Okay. This is what rosary looks like in the Deaver house. It's usually in the car because we are traveling a lot. It usually involves the 18 month old screaming, the four year old. This has been said before. Why do we have to keep saying the same thing over and over again? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Which makes me think we probably should be praying it more often. If, but anyway, the middle schoolers sometimes with the, it's your turn to lead this decade. Do I have to? Yes, you have to, you know, or like spoken so quietly that, okay, you yell all day long. Can you please say your decade? (laughs) I know you have a voice. Yes. Please speak your decade of the rosary loud enough so we can hear you. Or this one is my personal favorite, Jim, that I think is hilarious. When the kids don't want to pray the rosary, this especially is some of my middle schoolers. I love you, middle schoolers. The auctioneer decade, right? That's like, yes, so that we can just get through it as fast as possible, right? That's hilarious. There's some old ladies before church in our parish that actually maybe have the same thing going on as your middle schoolers, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you, old ladies. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> yep, it's a thing. Yeah. So not all those things happen at the same time, but all those things have happened, you oh, know, yeah. just, just to encourage people like, it's kind of a mess, you know, like half the time it's just chaos. And, and you've talked about this. Oh, you're pruning coaches Yes, that I really like. That was like, you know what? Sometimes your, your family is not called to pray the whole rosary and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, for those who who didn't hear that, one of the things we, we came to a conclusion because we were, we were trying too hard and we were turning the, everybody's going to sit still and we're going to pray all five decades. It was becoming a fight. And what we realized like, okay, Let's just take a new strategy here. And we just prayed one decade well. And actually, we used like little art cards and let the kids really kind of get into the mystery and maybe not sit up straight and maybe mumble. But what happened was when we shortened the time, the teenagers did come and they grabbed a little one and, and put them on their lap and they stayed And I mean, I don't know why it's like, you know, 15 minutes versus like the five minutes of kind of a relaxed one decade thing, but it worked and giving ourselves the freedom to like, okay, this works. We're doing one decade, but it is actually a moment of grace with the family. And, you know, nobody got grounded during the rosary like this. We're going to call it a win. Yes. And I just think also it's okay to let things go if they're not working for your family. And also it's, it's okay to invite Jesus in. Not okay. It's necessary to invite Jesus into the midst of the mess of your family life. Yes. It's like, it's like he doesn't know, right? It's like, okay, everybody sit up straight. We're going to invite Jesus in. It's like, uh, he's already here. Yeah, totally. Like Jesus is not stressed out about the mess in your house. He is not stressed out about your children who are surly when they're praying the rosary, you know, like he, that doesn't bother him. Oh, that's so good. He just wants to be there with you. And he understands and reverences our humanity more than we do. Mm -hmm. So invite him into that mess and really be okay with it. I think. Okay. So like prayer, let's talk about kind of morning routines, evening routines, special devotions, Go anywhere you want to go, but give us some of the kind of details here. So we try to pray every morning as a family. That's the ideal. It's a morning offering. It's one that I wrote that Mm. kind of fits with our kind of the, I don't know, maybe the charism of our family, just things that Luke and I are passionate about. And we pray that every morning. Ideally, we'd all pray it together, but usually we're all going different directions at different times. And so every car is praying it. I know Luke's car is praying it. My car is praying it. 
I'm pretty sure my 16 year olds is praying it. He said it is. So hopefully they're doing it also. Wow. And part of that prayer that I, I really think is beautiful that I love. Well, I got this idea from Father Weirs. He said that his yeah. family did something similar. Part of the prayer that is my favorite part is, and Lord, bring us all together this evening and once again, one ho- one day in our heavenly home with you so that we're all praying like that we all can be together just forever. And that's the whole goal wow. is that we can all be together. Becky, would you mind just sharing it? And then maybe we can we can put it on the show notes. I'm assuming it's a short prayer, but just like share the whole prayer. Yep, it is. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the gift of our family. We thank you for the gift and the opportunity to come to you in prayer. We offer you our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. Help us see how you're with us. Make us ever more faithful disciples and guide us to bring your love to everyone we meet this day. Grant us the grace to come together again this evening and once again, one day in our heavenly home with you. Amen. Wow. That's beautiful. It's cool to have, because a morning offering is good too. There's already morning prayers written, right? but I love the idea that we have something that this is just for the 10 of us that we share. Well, and I mean, what where my mind immediately goes is, you know, a little ahead of you and Luke and the, the kind of the family development cycle, you know, I've got one in college and I've got one headed there this year. And they're like, oh yeah, like somebody's not coming to dinner tonight. Yes. And it's actually okay. They're right in the center of God's will. I don't want them to stay forever. And there's something I'm looking forward to. And it's not just Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm looking forward to a heavenly home life where we're all together. That's very cool. I love that. So that's kind of our morning. I think I'll skip to our end of the day and then go back to the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. In the evening, we do an examine together as a family. Mm-hmm. And this does not happen every night, you know, depending on who's there and depending on what sports we have going on. Sometimes it only happens once a week. Mm-hmm. But so we'll start by, and this part I think is actually pretty important because, of course, kids are super crazy. We're all crazy. Our brains are going a million miles an hour. So we all take a minute, okay? Take a minute mm-hmm. to realize that Jesus was here first, mm-hmm. that he was waiting for us to meet him here in this prayer. So just quiet your hearts. And we all just sit in silence for, well, the space of an Our Father is what St. Ignatius of Loyola says. Yes. Wait for the space of an Our Father. Okay. So we'll do that quietly. And then I'll just say, Luke or I will lead. We'll say, okay, take a minute to think through your day and tell Jesus, thank you for all the gifts of this day. We talk a lot in our family about gratitude. It's Mm -hmm. like a predominant value in our family is gratitude. And so we'll say, you know, this is a really good place to meet Jesus in your day is the place where he gifted you with something that was just for you. Mm -hmm. He loves you so much that he woke you up this morning to make you happy and he wanted to give you good things today. So let's look back over the day. So we'll take a minute of silence and then I'll share my gratitudes from the day, kind of going through the day out loud. And then the kids will take turns going from oldest to youngest. And then Luke is last Mm -hmm. usually where everybody shares their gratitudes. Now this gets kind of tricky because there's seven of them sharing their gratitudes. Mm -hmm. Boy, overwhelming gratitude. (laughs) Yeah, and overwhelming chaos sometimes. You You can kind of gauge like, okay, no, people are struggling tonight. We're going to kind of wrap this up pretty quickly, you know? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so based on how they're feeling, then we all share our gratitudes. Oh, this is something we started doing too that I think is an important part is rather than saying, I am thankful for the beautiful weather, the, you know, going to the pool, da, 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 da. We say, thank you, Jesus, 
Yes. For the beautiful weather. Da, 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 da. Like, no, you're not telling me that you're grateful. You're telling Jesus that you're grateful. You know, like tell Jesus thank you. I love that. Like we did a very similar thing, you know, after our evening meal, we'll do intercessory prayer. So we'll pray for people in our life. And at first, you know, at first it was like, I want to pray for yeah. grandma. I was like, okay, then pray for grandma. Then do it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, see, now's the time where we are praying. And so, yeah, just subtly teaching people like speak to the Lord. And yep. even though we're not going to be speaking, we are praying with you. And together, one yes. of us will be voicing. It's not that different than our Catholic sensibility and liturgy. Yeah. One person, father's up there voicing the prayers, but we're all praying, God willing, right? Ideally that prayer. And so we've been trying to do the same thing. It's like, no, don't just say, I want to pray for grandma. Just pray for grandma. Talk to the Lord about yeah. grandma. Oh, I like that too. Because one thing that we have not ever addressed really is like what everyone else's little brain should be doing during that time, you know? And so I know that there's a lot of distraction and things. Yeah. I love that, that like, no, we're all praying with you right now in gratitude and you're voicing that. I think that's an important point. Yeah. And just to be honest, it's like, and like, hey, everybody, like, here's what it might sound like in, in your head, you know, as as your sibling is praying, you know, Jesus, I want you to help grandma. She seems kind of tired and She's got a lot to do. And, you know, maybe in your head, you're like, I love grandma. I, I really like <laughs> yeah. her cookies. I wish I, you know, it's like, it's like that's just okay to yeah. give people permission to yeah. be human. Yes. And children and distracted yep. a little bit as they're trying yep. to join in the prayer. Yes. Right. Yeah. So then we'll do probably one of two things after the gratitude part. Some nights we'll do, okay, now take a moment to ask Jesus if there's anything from your day that he'd like to talk to you about. Mm. So kind of looking at something that happened in your day and my older kids really can do this. You know, they'll, they'll yeah. remember, you know, like, all right, it was really challenging for me today. I'm verbalizing some of this. They're not saying, right. you know, but I had a really challenging day with my siblings mm -hmm. and I know that I need to do better this summer. And so I did have one of them said just last night, kind of in a mumbly, you know, not very vulnerable <laughs> way. Like, I need to be nicer to my siblings this summer, you know, which it's important to like, as parents to allow their relationship with Jesus to be whatever it is yes. without like manipulating it or being stressed out. Because I also have kids who very consistently will say, I don't know to that question. Yeah. And just to respond to that with, okay, and go on to the next person rather than, aren't you paying attention? Can't you listen to Jesus' yeah. voice? Come on. Try. <laughs> yeah. Just think a little harder, you yes. know, which like yeah. there may be some of that in there. I think there probably is that there might be just some, a little bit of resistance, but Jesus can reach him in that. And so to just make plenty of space to not have any opinions about what Jesus wants to talk to him about or not talk to him about. Right. You know, full disclosure, I don't live by the advice I'm about to share, <laughs> except for in my rare and best moments. But does it really help if I scold them for not having a good insight in prayer? Then they're like, right. okay, I better <laughs> I better have a good ready answer to fake it when you know when it gets to my turn. Right. Yes. No, that is the last thing I want to teach them is how to fake authentic prayer. Okay. Now I realize like, man, they're struggling to connect. How do I help them do that? And actually, I'm just I'm remembering I was able to, for again, many of our teens who are in a similar spot. I was able to then say, okay, 
I would find one-on-one times on a long car ride or just time with dad in the afternoon, you know, some Sunday. And we did a little bit of Lexio Divina together, which what I found was what I kind of just knew as a parent that they needed to work on relationship with their sibling. I didn't have to tell them that when they got into a place where we were quiet, we mm. were alone, the sibling wasn't there. It was just just a safe yeah. place with dad and a snack. And the Lord, through his word, he told them, hey, you should probably work on your relationship with your sibling. And in that context, they were able to say, I think I need to be nicer to my brother. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. What I was hoping for, them hearing the Lord wasn't happening around the table with everybody there. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, huh, okay, well, we're not going to force this. Lord, where and when and how might this be? Oh, okay, one-on-one conversation with dad, a little bit more personal prayer might be a better format. Turns out it was. Yeah, that's really good. I really like that a lot. Yep. When you say that story, you know, my my instinct is like, oh my gosh, look at how amazing that is. Jesus will speak even to your to your children, mm-hmm. even no matter how young they are. And I think there actually should be part of us that's like, of course, Jesus spoke to him, you know, right. like, of course, Jesus wants to meet our kids in prayer. Like, that's so, of course he does. That's so beautiful. Well, and he tells us in many ways to expect it, you know, like, you know, unless you become like a child, mm, yep. there is something, you know, whether it's that verse or stories of St. Therese as a child. Later on, we're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense because what's my problem with prayer? Me, like I get in the way. Right, yeah. And children don't get in the way as often. It's not that they don't. Yep. They're people, they have insecurities and distractions and all that. But kids don't tend to get in the Lord's way as frequently as we do as adults. Oh, my gosh. That's so, that's so, you're right. Yep, I love that. So then we'll do that and we'll share again. And then we wouldn't do both of these, but then sometimes we'll do like an examination of conscience of the day and pray an act of contrition. So we might do that. Sometimes we might not. It kind of just depends on the mood of everybody. And then we close by looking forward to tomorrow, Mm. kind of thinking through your day tomorrow. What is it? What's going to be happening? Ask Jesus for the grace. You need to be heroic and virtue tomorrow. Look at the stumbling blocks you might have coming ahead. Mm -hmm. And then we'll probably close in so we'll have a little bit of silent time. We don't share that because by this point, nobody's going to be sitting around for more sharing. <laughs> right, yeah. Probably in my house anyway. Yeah. No, no, yeah. that's just real. I, and, and wise too. I mean, it's just it's just wise. There's a limit of human capacities. And then we'll you know close with a Hail Mary. And then my kids will say their saint because they all have patron saints. And then we'll all you know, do a litany of the saints. And that's our evening prayer chaotic or not sometimes it's you know sometimes it's beautiful and well it's always beautiful in its own way right (laughs) but sometimes it all works exactly exactly the way you have in your head and sometimes it's just kind of chaos and someone gets yelled at or something but to just keep showing up and i do think it is helping our kids to be able to recognize Jesus a little bit more in their day, which is the idea. Becky, that's what I want to follow up. You said like, okay, just kind of persevere. Like, how have you persevered? I'm guessing there are more than a few people listening who are like, yep, I tried kind of a cool prayer thing once, twice. I think we did it for a week or like, how have you been able to persevere? And I have some thoughts as I listen to you tell the story, but how have you, how have you been able to persevere? Mm, I don't know. Well, it probably is my own prayer life and my own passion for prayer. One of the things that was 
unspoken in what you said is you're convinced it's worth it so that you can tolerate the messiness. And when it doesn't work, you're like, yep, this is so not what I'm going for. But what I'm going for is so worth it. I can tolerate this not working. Gosh, my life is just so much better with Jesus. And that's why I say it to the kids all the time is like, you know what? Your life is not going to be perfect. It's going to be really hard. Things are going to happen. You're going to have struggles. And that happens whether you're a disciple of Jesus or not. But do you want to do life with Jesus or do you want to do it without him? Like you have to make that choice yourself. I'm starting to tell my bigger kids that you have to choose Jesus yourself. But like, do you want to do life without him? Life's hard enough already. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Do life with Jesus. And so, I mean, I just really feel like it's my primary mission Mm -hmm. is like, I just have to do everything I can to make sure my kids have an opportunity to choose Jesus. I can't choose Jesus for them. I can't make them love prayer. I can't make them pray by themselves, but I can model for them what a relationship with Jesus looks like in prayer. Yeah. So I really feel very passionately that like our kids need to be able, we need to be able to pray spontaneously out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not something that we do. I mean, I never did it until the last like 10 or 15 years, probably. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was really doing that even in college. And it was pretty foreign. And I knew every single one of my prayers. And those are good things to know. But I want my kids to hear my heart for Jesus. And that requires me to use my own words. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important for my kids to hear Luke do that even maybe more so than me on some level. Mm -hmm. He is a man, the leader of our house, and he has a heart for Jesus. And this is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And so he, he prays out loud. We pray over our children, especially before like, you know, a soccer match or a concert. Yeah. We do that too for birthdays. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Special occasions and stuff. Yeah. Luke and I pray over each other and the kids, we like for the kids to see that actually before I came on your podcast, everybody was in the kitchen. I was like, ask Luke to pray over me. And we kind of had all the kids come in and Luke said a few words and, you know, the, some of the kids said something, some of them just kind of shrugged like, you know, (laughs) that's so great. Another added benefit of being able to pray out loud. First of all, I just want to encourage parents because I think that that is a scary thing to do for a lot of people Mm -hmm. to pray out loud, but gosh, I just want to encourage you. You can do it. It's not scary and it's not hard. You can do it. Like you can't do it wrong. There's no way to do it wrong. If you bring an honest heart, I know that it can seem really scary, but I think your family's probably the safest place to do it, right? Because it's not your peers. Another added benefit, I think. So as I mentioned, we live in a not very Catholic community. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to pray with other people, because there's a lot of Christians, we're not going to pray the Hail Mary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So to be united to other people in our community in prayer, which we do occasionally, um, we need to be able to just pray out loud. Mm-hmm. And I do not think like, because we have like this prayer at the flagpole where we pray for our community in a couple of weeks. And I don't want all the Protestants to be represented and not the Catholics, mm-hmm. you know, like we need to be there. Yeah. So we're modeling this to them because we want them to be able to do it. And Partly this is my son, my 16-year-old son. It's his personality that he he feels very comfortable being in front of other people. But this year, as a freshman on their soccer team, he was the person that led prayer before every game. That's awesome. Out loud, whatever he wanted to say, because it was something that was comfortable in our home. Now, not 
every kid I don't think is going to feel that comfortable. Yeah, experience and his personal temperament, but still that's so cool. Yeah, and I and I just think that's a great way to evangelize. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, it's like we pray like this too, like Jesus is important to us also. Well, I mean, it is one of the sad misconceptions that non-Catholic Christians would have of Catholics is that we don't pray from our hearts, that we only have kind of rote prayers that we're praying mindlessly. And to be able to, with sincerity and simplicity, pray from our heart, man, that arouses curiosity and breaks down some stereotypes. Yeah, I think that's right. It's really important that the kids see us just sitting down in prayer. Yeah. So we, Luke and I both have our chairs that we sit in pretty much most mornings, I think. And it's just the kids kind of know mom and dad are praying, make your own breakfast. You know, don't bug them right now. Oh, that's so good. We kneel down next to our bed at night before we go to bed. And of course the kids don't see that, but I've made a point to mention to the kids before, you know, Mm -hmm. like your dad kneels down every night before he goes to bed and he talks to Jesus about his day, you know, just so that they know like, Adults, this is what relationship with Jesus looks like. Yeah. Okay, so I got I'm loving this, but I want to ask some hard questions. First off, I think there's a lot of people listening like, ah, maybe they're like starting to like, this is not an uplifting podcast. You're discouraging me. I oh, want this, but yeah. I can't, you know, like, but I we can't seem to make it happen. Becky, what would you say for people like, I want this, I want this for my family, but we just it's so hard to make space for prayer. How do you make space for prayer in your family? Really, Jim, I think that like so much of this just flows from your own personal prayer life. Mm. And like that's something that you can control a lot more than your kids' schedule. Meaning like mom makes sure she gets time for prayer. And with that, it's able to overflow into my kids' life. I really think so. I really think like if there's one, this is like, seems like a silly thing that I would even say on this podcast about prayer with your kids. But I would say like, if there's one thing you can do today to being a better, you know, teacher of prayer in your family, it's like pray, just pray yourself, like carve out a little bit of time or however much you can to just be with Jesus. Because then, you know, like we talked about, then you see like, gosh, this is important. It's worth it. I love that we just mentioned it earlier that like, I was like, how'd you persevere through this? And you're like, I, you're like, I don't know. I think I just believed it was worth it. Yep. And that, and that's something that like kind of sprinkles into our day. I think I'm not the model of prayer myself, right? Like my prayer is a mess, just like everyone's prayer, but it is very important to me. And I can see the fruits of it when I'm consistent in my mm-hmm. prayer, right? My son was really struggling in his soccer season and it just didn't go the way that he wanted to. And because of grace, not because I'm awesome, Mm -hmm. but because of grace, I'm able to respond to him. Like, you know what? You need to be talking to Jesus about this. Mm -hmm. Like you need to tell him everything about it or like the weather's so nice today. We can get the pool out and it was supposed to rain today. Gosh, we should tell Jesus. Thank you. That the weather's so nice. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just a very simple, but real overflowing of my own prayer. That's like, let's put Jesus into every part of our day. Just start with your own prayer life. Start with your own prayer life and model to your kids that it's important. You know, I think letting your kids see you praying, 
is just super important. And that is naturally going to overflow into you wanting to share that with your mm-hmm. children, I think. Yeah. Becky, I want to give you the opportunity to talk to those who, okay, they have a desire here, they want this, but they're thinking to themselves, we could never do this in my family. And maybe I wasn't planning on going here, but I just have to be honest, maybe trust the spirit is uh, leading this because maybe the person who's listening to this podcast is thinking, yeah, we could never do this in my family because I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. I'm the only parent, or maybe I'm the only parent who wants to try and teach our kids how to pray. What would you say to them? Yeah. Above all, I just want to encourage you, the listeners that like, this is something that Jesus wants for your family. Mm -hmm. Jesus wants to meet you and your children in a really intimate way. Jesus really wants this. Mm -hmm. And Jesus never, he removes obstacles. He doesn't make things harder Mm -hmm. for us, right? He, He wants to make it easier for you. And so kind of going back to the same thing, talk to Jesus about it. Mm-hmm. Ask Jesus to make space for it. I don't know that I have any good practical advice for how you can exactly make space for prayer in your day. I can't speak to every single person, but I do know that Jesus has a way to make space mm-hmm. for prayer in every listener's family. I know that there has to be a way somehow. Mm-hmm. And so expect Jesus to answer that prayer because he yeah. absolutely wants to. He absolutely wants to answer a prayer when you ask him, where can I put more prayer in my family? And it seems like not practical, I know. And in some ways, maybe it's not, but but it's the answer. It has to be. I don't know if there's anything more practical than ask Jesus to save you. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate that, that you're saying like, okay, we know God wants this. So, so if you feel unable to do it yourself, ask him to help. And he will. So I can't get any better than that. The only thing I would say is when he comes to your aid, when he gives you the space, the the idea, the simple beginning, don't be scandalized by how simple and easy and small it is. Yes, 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 yes. Because that's always the way he works. So just be aware that when Jesus answers your prayer, it just may seem so easy and so simple that you may be tempted to dismiss it and don't. Let yourself start there. Yes, that reminds me of a story that our pastor, Father Buben, told recently in a homily about a man who was driving around. He's praying for a parking spot, praying for a parking spot, praying for a parking spot. He pulled into a parking spot, finally found one, and he said, never mind, God, I found one, right? (laughs) I mean, we've heard silly (laughs) stories like that before. Oh, that's so awesome. Yes, exactly. Don't dismiss it when, when just in the smallest way, like, oh, It really worked for us to pray together on our way to school, for example, where we were all quiet and in Mm -hmm. seatbelts, you know, like I never thought of that before. Don't dismiss that. That's the Holy Spirit. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I just want to give you a last word here. What do you want to say to somebody who's like, okay, I want to do this. I want to take a little step forward. Where do they start? I just want to empower you moms and dads. Like, you can do this. There's nothing scary about it. It's not hard. You don't need to have a master's degree in theology to teach your children how to pray. None of this is above your pay grade. And I'm not talking about specifics in, in the things that I just said. I'm not saying that you're called to do the things that we talked about today, because I can pretty much guarantee that no one is called to do the exact same ideas that I just gave you. Mm. Nobody's probably called to do that. 
but you are called to teach your kids to pray and you can do it. Jesus can help you do it. Like your kids can encounter Jesus through prayer in your family. Like it can happen for sure. So just be encouraged moms and dads and lead your little people to Jesus. It's the most important thing that you can do. It's such an important mission. So don't squander this opportunity. Wow. Thank you. I would say that's a drop the mic moment, but the good people, the Archdiocese of Omaha paid for this microphone, so I'm not going to drop it. But like, wow, Becky, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for for being here. Thank you for just, yeah, beautiful witness to uh, your life as a as a wife and a mother. Well, thanks for doing this podcast. It I have really been enjoying digging into it. I've been sharing it with a couple of my friends. It's very encouraging. So I'm grateful and humbled to be a part of it. Thank you. Well, you are welcome. This has been a joy. All right, everybody. You know somebody who needs this encouragement, uh, some of the ideas here. So uh, share this out with a friend. Thanks for listening to the EquipCast. We hope this episode has inspired you to live your faith and equip you to be fruitful in your mission. Stay connected with us by going to equip.archomaha.org. God bless and see you next time. <laughs>